0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life, or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. Right now, you're about to listen to a message from our current series. Thanks for tuning in today. I want to welcome everybody online tonight uh, that are joining us. We appreciate th- that. Um, encourage you to get back in church. Praise the Lord, and uh, because it's important. Uh, it's interesting how Jesus, uh, you know, the moment he was born, they dedicated him in the temple. He was raised in the temple. When he went into ministry, the first thing he came, place he came to after the wilderness experience was the synagogue to, to teach the word of God because God had a chosen place for him, and he's got a chosen place for you. Are you grateful for that? Amen. And so it is with every one of you that are online, we are, encourage you to come back soon get back in church. I think because we're creatures of habit, sometimes once we get out of that flow, it's easy to stay out of that flow. But we need to come every week and hear the Word of God and fellowship one with another. If you agree, say amen. Turn, if you would, to Hebrews, the third chapter. Now, I almost, uh, last uh, Sunday, of course, I thought that we were pretty much done with this series that we've been talking about, teaching in the last uh, six um, uh, the, the last six sessions that I've been teaching that we've had a few interruptions was Christ Jesus, the high priest of our profession, and what that means to you as a believer. And, um, and, and w- of course, we began here in Hebrews 3. and We'll go back into it again because uh, I wanted to at least finalize and wrap some things up that are going to help you a- in your walk as a believer uh, regarding this teaching. And we'll begin reading here in Hebrews 3 verse 1. And then we'll continue. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, or fully observe, uh, uh, as an intention to obey, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, amen, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also was Moses faithful in all his house. So he's the high priest of our profession. Now, we learned last week that the word profession, here's what it really means. It means to assent, assent to or to acknowledge the covenant. That's what it means. He's the high priest of, listen, he's not only the high priest of our profession, he's the high priest of us acknowledging that covenant. What covenant? The covenant of salvation. What does that mean? It's a covenant of healing. It's a covenant of deliverance is a covenant of safety. It's a covenant of guidance. Come on, it's the covenant of provision. It's more than just salvation. Amen. We're all going to go to heaven one day, either through natural death, or if the trump sounds and the rapture takes place, then we'll ascend to heaven at that time. Um, uh, but while we're here, God wants us to experience heaven on earth, or at least a measure of it, if you agree, say amen. He wants us to be carriers of, of his presence, carriers of hope for the world outside these doors that are hurting and need to know God's love. Now, let me read the Passion Bible for you. Um, It says, so dear brothers and sisters, you are now made holy and each of you uh, is invited to the feast of your heavenly calling. Isn't that cool? So fasten your thoughts fully unto Jesus whom we embrace as our apostle and king priest. For he was faithful to the father who appointed him in the same way that Moses, watch this, was a model of faithfulness in what was entrusted to him. Verse five. Indeed, Moses served God faithfully. So I want you to see what he's talking about is faithfulness. He served God faithfully, watch this, in all he gave, all God gave him to do, his work prophetically illustrates things that would be later spoken and be fulfilled. What would that be? That God, unbeknownst to the enemy and even unbeknownst to Israel, would literally come and find a dwelling place in each, uh, each sinner who would open their lives to him and be gloriously saved. God would make his residence on the inside of us. Is that awesome or what? See, that was the mystery the mystery collagen says it's Christ in you and that is the hope of glory that one day these natural bodies will be changed into our glorious bodies never again having to contend with the weakness of the flesh shout hallelujah if you're excited about that amen so without uh, so let's so let's continue here and now we are part of the, of his house now if if there's a precondition if we continue courageously to hold firmly to our bold confidence and our victorious hope. For how long? Until either Jesus comes again or we take this last breath, earth breath. We say, "Say I want to stay faithful to God. Amen. So wouldn't you agree that without the faithfulness of our Savior, think about this, without him assenting to or without him following through in regards to what was written about him in the covenant, you and I wouldn't be saved today. Someone had to be faithful. Remember, for someone to live, someone has to die. And he assented to the will of God by faith. No one wants to die. Everybody wants to live. He himself, he was a man, 100% man clothed. Excuse me, he was 100% God clothed in an Adamic body. Wanting to live forever and yet knew his mission was to give us life for the sins of the world. And he followed through to do that. And because he followed through and was obedient even unto the death, praise God, God raised him up and gave him the name which is above every name. Amen. Say, that, say Jesus. Jesus. Amen. It is the name which is above every name. So, faithfulness on, on his part was the key to unlocking the door, praise God, into God's kingdom for all sinners. So, in this series, we discovered that when it came to the high priest of our confession, when it came to uh, us understanding what that means, he used Israel of the Old Testament as an example of what to do and what not to do, what to respond to and what to avoid. He used the children of Israel in the wilderness. Amen. Now, turn, if you would, to Exodus, the first chapter. We're going to go there, and then we'll end up in Exodus 3. And we'll talk just a little bit about Israel and how it pertains to you as a believer today in the 21st century. Now, in Exodus 1, we discover that Joseph dies. And the Bible says in verse 6 that not only did he die, but all his brothers died. And, uh, and, and it also says, and, and all who were of that generation, they passed away. And, but verse 7 says this. The children of Israel were fruitful, increased abundantly, and multiplied exceedingly. When I read that, immediately the Holy Spirit reminded me, listen, to this listen, when Joseph stepped in to his divine God-given destiny, and that was to be second command of, of Pharaoh, when he stepped into that, there were only 70 Jews. And those 70 turned into three million. Now, tell me that's not exceedingly abundant. My my point is this. My point is this. In this life, there are changes constantly going on. I mean constantly. I'm thinking about some of my most precious, admired faith teachers are now entering into heaven. They're transitioning to that place called heaven. And aren't you glad that God will always have someone else to step into that place to keep building his kingdom? Can I have an amen? And that's what you want to be. You want to be that person that God chooses to build his kingdom. Amen? Amen. Thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, a political change also of leadership took place in Egypt. With a pharaoh, watch this, the Bible says, who knew not Joseph. What did that mean? Well, the little comforts that they may have had were all gone. In fact, the the suffering and the persecution intensified greatly, it says in verse 11 through 14. I want you to write this down. We've used this quote before. The, the The pain to remain the same must become greater than the pain for change. I want you to think about that. The pain to remain the same must become greater than the pain for change. And so for them to expect or believe for or cry out for a deliverer, things had to get tough. See, when things get tough in your life, God is not retreating. He's right there for you, but he's expecting a response of faith from you. God is faithful to his word. Are you? See, there's the test. God is not a mockery. God doesn't say one thing and then do something else. He is a faithful God. He honors his word. But when he comes, when he comes down, the Bible says in Luke 18, when he returns, will he find persistent faith in the earth? We celebrate 40 years of ministry. We celebrate 50 years of marriage. But I'm telling you, it doesn't come without adversity and persecution. Anything that belongs to God, anything that attains to the things of God, you're going to experience warfare. But will you be persistent in your faith when Jesus comes? This is what it's about. This ain't about no comfort, comfortable life where you never have anything go wrong anymore. That, that is, that's not the right message. I wish it was. Jesus said, Paul says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Jesus says, in this world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Come on, give him praise for that right now. I said give him praise for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Not that we should expect. You don't have to expect any challenges. They'll just be there. But don't think that you're backslidden just because you're experiencing some adversity in your life. It means it's an opportunity for growth. Let me say it again. The pain to remain the same must become greater than the pain for change. And God will do what is necessary to awaken us. Listen, everyone in his church, everyone in his body to awaken us to, out of our spiritual lethargy so that he can move us forward spiritually. In fact, listen to this. The political, social, and economic winds will be changing constantly until the end of this age. But none of it alters. None of it will alter or weaken the covenant promises of God. So Israel's part was to love God, serve him, and trust him. And then, as we read history, he'll take care of the rest. And he did take care of the rest. If you agree, say amen. In Exodus 3, we are introduced to Moses, we know that Moses, of course, is born, is born into a very adverse time in the history of the Jews, why? Because the Pharaoh had, uh, had ordered a death sentence on all the baby boys born during that time or that season. And so his mother, uh, uh, though she knew it could cost her her life, was willing to pay the price, and, and hid the little guy for three months until he was done nursing, or close to that. Anyway. No, he wasn't done nursing because it doesn't matter. For three months, and after three months, she, she knew that the, the risk, I mean, she's taken this far enough, so she ended up building, the Bible says, a little ark out of reeds and out of mud, and, and, and she set him in that little ark and floated him down the Nile River only to end up in the arms of Pharaoh's wife, who the Bible says instantly loved him. Amen. And listen to this. And even though Moses was raised in the midst uh, by a Pharaoh who was, a, who was evil and idolatrous, that did not hinder God from fulfilling his will. Come on. Isn't that awesome? I mean, sometimes we have all these excuses, you know, how we were raised and why we're this way. Yeah, you may be that way for a season, but let God change you into his glory by his spirit and by his word. If you agree, say Amen. Pharaoh could not stop the plans of God for little Moses, um, uh, no matter what. Then one day, Moses, of course, at 40 years old, as you read, go, go on to read history, he kills, uh, there's contention between some Jews and, and, a, and a, uh, a, or a Jew and a Egyptian, and Moses rises up and kills the Egyptian, and the Bible says he ran for his life. And what's interesting is where he, where he ends up. So, God said to Moses, Moses, you have now completely destroyed everything that I have planned for you. No, 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 no. It doesn't say that. See, sometimes, you know, all the mistakes that we make in life, listen, all the mistakes you've made in life does not stop God from fulfilling his divine destiny in your life if you allow him to. Come on. Now you can give him praise for that. I said, now you can give him praise for that. It doesn't matter. No. no. It, you, God will still... If you'll give him your life, he'll still have his way. Amen. It's never too late when it comes to our God. If you agree, say amen. Amen. So it's not coincidental. Moses ends up living on the mountain of God. The Bible says Mount Horeb, and he did so as a shepherd for 40 years. Now, what's interesting about this is Mount Horeb is Mount Sinai. They called it Mount Sinai on the east side, and Mount Horeb on the west side. Isn't that cool? So here's a guy. He don't even know it. All he's doing is shepherding sheep. He's a shepherd flock, with a flock of sheep. He's doing that for 40 years, raising his family. And at one day, as he's minding his own business, on top of the mountain, just uh, doing, life, doing life, living, eating, raising his family, bam, he gets a divine visitation from God out of a burning bush. Hallelujah. Now he's 80 years old. And God comes to him, and and, and uh, let's read Exodus the third chapter. I'll go there in my Bible. Exodus three. This is so. I love these stories. They're so inspiring. Exodus three, verse seven. Now watch this. And the Lord said, now, "Okay, first of all, first of all, in chapter one. God, he sees what's going on with Israel. That the persecution has intensified. They're suffering greatly." And they're crying out. Now listen, they're not even crying out to God because they've been enslaved to idolatry for 430 years. They're just crying out. And the Bible says that God heard their cry and remembered his covenant with Abraham. And here's what the Bible says. So God comes to him and he says this, verse 7, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. Watch this now. Watch this, everyone. And to bring them up out of that land into a good land and a large uh, flow, uh, land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So he names every one of this. Important that you see that he names he names the ones that they would be confronting. In the promised land. He names them. He he wants them to know, now I'm sending you there, and if I'm sending you there, I'm going to take care of you. If you agree, say amen to that. Yeah. And so, verse 10. And so, the Bible says, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token or a covenant promise unto you that I have sent you. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God upon this mountain. And remember? And that's exactly what they did. When God finally delivered them 11 days later, they're back at this mountain again. The very mountain that they received the Ten Commandments, the very mountain that he received the blueprint for the tabernacle. Is that cool or what? That's just so awesome. he doesn't know that. He doesn't know any of this. We read about history. He was living it. How many believe that right now you're living history? Amen. Amen. People are outside these doors. Now, I mean this. I am dead serious. There's people outside these doors that are crying out and looking for the God that you're serving. So, he said, certainly I will be with thee. Uh, Verse 13, and Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? Oh, I just love this. And God said unto him, I am that I am. Amen. And he said, thou shalt say unto uh, the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, moreover unto Moses, thou, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you, and this is his name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. And what's interesting, those who still follow the law, they still, every year, they rehearse this. They, they take it down, they send it down to every generation. You know, I, you know I, I believe the reason, I believe the reason why we have so much adversity when it comes to our children is that often we give them a mixed message about the faithfulness of God. We go through all sorts of seasons in our lives where just all hell is coming against us or we're having problems with other people. We're having problems with life in general. And so we vent those to our children and we give them a, a distorted view of God and his faithfulness. And therefore they rise up, not quite sure if they can trust him or not. God is faithful. I said God is faithful. And if you allow him to, he'll, he'll prove it to you. Amen. He'll prove it to you in your life. If you agree, say amen. amen. So the Bible says, Moses, you tell them, I am that I am uh, sent, me, sent you. And I wrote these things down. You tell them, I am he who heard the cries of your suffering lives. I am he who sent you a deliverer. I am he who judged all the gods of Egypt. I am he who passed over thee when the death angel arrived. I am he who provided the sacrificial lamb and his blood for your uh, protection. I am he who healed your bodies for the journey to the promised land. And I am he who led thee faithfully through the wilderness. I am that I am. Hallelujah. Come on. Is that awesome? God is I am to you. I am your healer. I am your provider. I am your peace. I, I, I am everything to you. That's what you have to remember about God. I am your deliverer. And I, we've seen, Brandy we, and I have been talking about, you know how we've seen so many people in this church come here bound and left set free, praise God. And you may be one of those. If you are, let's give God a good clap offering. Should we do that? That all, that's all the children of Israel, listen, were, were, um, were responsible for. It was to keep their faith, listen, in God by acknowledging the covenant promise. So what would that sound like? Well, in, in, in Exodus 3, I tweaked this to make it personal. This is Exodus 3, verse 8. This is how, this is what they should have said because this is what God promised. So we're going to read it that way. God, oh, you don't have it there, Um. Remember, I told you to copy that New Living Translation. I'll just read it this way. God, you came and rescued us from the power of the Egyptians and have faithfully led us out of Egypt. And now you're leading us into our own fertile and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites now live. We believe we shall overcome it. See, that would have been the right thing to say. See, he gave them the promise before they left Egypt. This is where I'm going to send them. This is where who's going to be there. But no problem, take it anyway. It's yours. I've given it to you. Amen. Finally, the Numbers. We'll to go to Numbers 13 now. Finally, they reached the border of Canaan, and Moses sent in 12 leaders specifically for a tactical military strike. That's why he sent them in. This is verse 17 of Numbers 13. Now Moses sent them out with these instructions. Go northward into the hill country of the Negev and see what the land is like. See also what the people are like who live there, whether they're strong or weak, many or few, whether the land is fertile or not, and what cities there are, and whether they are villages or fortified, whether the land is rich or poor, whether there are many trees, and don't be afraid. He wasn't telling them to do all this so they could build fear in them, but do all this so we know how to take the country. Don't be afraid. Bring back some uh, samples of the crops you see. And it says here, the first of the grapes were being harvested at that time, verse 23. Then they came to what is now known as the Valley of Eschol, where they cut down a single cluster of grapes. I love this. So large... That it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. That's a pretty good cluster of grapes. Amen. It just gives, again, God wanted to say, look, look, look how good I am. Look, look how large a vision I have for you. Look how I want to bless you exceedingly abundantly above that which you could ever ask or think. Come on, give God praise that he wants to do the same in your life. Amen. See, yeah, go ahead. Give him praise. See, you got to act out your faith. You can't just sit there like a deadened log. and well, oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, give him praise by faith. Give him praise by faith. Hallelujah. Because that's what the journey is. It's a journey of faith. It's not a journey of, well, when I see it all, then I'll get excited. <clears throat> Amen. The Bible says, verse 25, After 40 days of exploration, they returned from their tour. Think about that. They were gone 40 days. That's a long time to be gone. 40 days they were spying out the land to get this military strategy for a successful strike. The Bible says, they made their report to Moses, Aaron, and all the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they showed the fruit that they had brought with them. This was their report. Here's the report. We arrived in the land you sent to see, sent us to see, and it is indeed a magnificent country, a land flowing with milk and honey, just as God said. Now here is some of the fruit we've brought as proof. See, this is the proof that everything God told them was true. So, so far, right now, they're acknowledging the covenant. Everything God is saying is true. ha, <laughs> ha. But, verse 28. The people living there are powerful. And I put down here, so what? Was the Pharaoh powerful? Come on. And their cities are fortified and very large. So what? And what's more, we saw Anakim giants there. So what? The Amalekites live in the south. The hill country, here, Here, watch this. And then there's the, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, and then uh, down the valley, there are the Canaanites. God said they were gonna be there. Why should they be shocked? Yeah, right, right. The only reason they're shocked is because they're into fear. The more negative they got, the bigger those giants got. And instead of rehearsing the covenant promise, Words of fear, they spread, (laughs) I wrote this, they spread through the entire camp like COVID-19. It's true. It's true. Even though, except for the 10 spies, listen, except for the 10 spies, not one of those 3 million Jews saw one giant. They just magnified that report in their minds. And it overshadowed every divine miracle that God did two weeks earlier. Is that? Now you wonder why God is frustrated. He gets frustrated when you wake up every morning and you got divine health and you're complaining. This woman here, Lucy wanted so bad to come here this past year, but they wouldn't allow it. And then she said to me last week, Pastor, now if the weather's bad and I need to come, would you, would you help me pay for the wheelchair? I said, you come anytime you want and we'll help you pay for it. This. this woman, what she goes through to come to church and you all sit home bellyaching when you're healthy and you got soundness of mind and you got food in your belly. God be merciful to us. I'm not saying you are, but we have nothing to be complaining about. And it grieves the heart of God. And it grieves the spirit of God. So there was no evidence of what they were saying was I mean, they had no evidence, yet they believed the re, evil report, and they aborted the promises of God for, in exchange for the bad news. Most of the problems standing between you and your faithfulness to God and his word will always be larger than you and stronger than you. I just want you to know that. I just want you to know that. While you're living here on earth, you must understand that most of the things you deal with are more powerful than you, more stronger than you, bigger than you, larger than you. It's just part of the journey. Yet none of them compares to the confession of your faith in God's word and acknowledging the covenant. Numbers 13:30 Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, "Let us go up at once and take the possession, for we are well able to overcome it." But the men who had gone up with him said, "We're not able to go. We're not able. We're able, 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 we're not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out, saying, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw it are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak uh, came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. See, they, just, they saw themselves as that. The giants didn't. God didn't. In fact, the giants didn't even know they were there. But they had magnified in their minds that the giants were bigger than God. Years ago, I, remember, I think it was our precious pastor who's in heaven off in California. He said, don't look, don't look to the bigness of your need. Look to the bigness of your God. Isn't that beautiful? Because God is a faithful God to his word. Can I have an Amen. Thank you, God. Now you can see why it's crucial that you stop listening to the 24-hour news cycle because it's nothing but fear propagated. That's all it is. Everything. Everything. Everything is propagated. Filled with fear. Filled with fear. Everybody's got an opinion about something. Uh, Vicky, yesterday, I, I, I got on, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't get on Facebook much, but I went on Facebook and I, uh, to Christy Nome's office, Governor Christy Nome, and I just sent her a message Bible, uh, excuse me, a message on her deal. I don't even know if she gets it, but just told her that I, I said, uh, Christy, I want you to know my wife and I are praying for you uh, each day, and I know that you're getting heat from both sides, but we want you to know that we are supporting you 100%. I'm telling you, 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 some of these people need to know that someone's standing with them. Amen. Someone's standing with them. Praise God. She's a good governor. Amen. Amen. And when you're tempted to smear her, just you shut your mouth and just pray for her. And I say that with our, 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 all of our government. On Monday, we prayed for the, even the president. We prayed for the president. Oh, to God. Uh, you did? Yes, I did. I prayed for him, and out of my heart came passion compassion out of my heart for him. Why? Because he's just a man who is simply carrying out how he was raised, but praise God, God can still get into his heart and touch his life. We pray, God will move. Can I have an amen? Amen. So apart from our spiritual union with God, we'll always feel really small compared to the things that we're facing. Hebrews 3, verse 7. Let's finish this up here. Praise the Lord. And since Christ is so much superior, the Holy Spirit warns us. Just just think about that. The Holy Spirit warns us to listen to him. Listen, the Spirit of God is always speaking. So we have to make sure we're prepared to hear. To hear his voice today and not let our hearts become set against him as the people of Israel did. They steeled themselves. They wouldn't bend. He called them stiff-necked. They just would not bend. They were so so self-obsessed that they would not yield to God. They steeled themselves against his love and complained against him in the desert while he was testing them. Amen. But God was patient with them 40 years. Though they tried his patience sorely, he kept right on doing his uh, his, uh, his mighty miracles for them to see. But God says, now God is speaking. I was very angry with them for their hearts were always looking somewhere else instead of up to me, and they never found the paths I wanted them to follow. Then God, full of the anger, this anger against them, bound himself with an oath that he would never let them come to this place of rest. Beware then of your own hearts, dear brothers and sisters, lest you find that they too are evil and unbelieving and leading you away from the living God. All this thing that's been going on in the past year, the, everything gone in the past year was a test for the church. Everything, all it was a test. It was a test to put the squeeze on the church to re, to to uh, expose what's inside. Verse twelve through nineteen. This is the Passion Bible. This is my last scripture. So search your own hearts every day, my brothers and sisters. Now, how many agree here he's talking to the church? How many believe he's talking to the 21st century church? Thank you. So search your own hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you. Well, how do you know it's there? Because it'll come out of you. For it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other. To never be stubborn and hardened by sins and deceitfulness. For we are mingled. I love this translation. That's a covenant term. That's blood covenant. We are mingled with the Messiah. Watch this. If we will continue unshaken in this confident assurance from the beginning until the end. For again... The scriptures say, if only today you would listen to his voice. God is speaking in the 21st century and he's wooing the church back to him. God is awakening the church. In fact, there was a, was it, I'm not sure, maybe Ephesians, maybe Colossians, maybe Corinthians, somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> Paul said by the Spirit, Awaken to righteousness and sin not. So there's always been these. These moves of God, where God wants to shake the church up and get her back focused on Him, because the world will have no hope if we become like the world. Amen. 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 But if the but if the anointing increases in our lives, people will surely see the evidence that God is in this house. If you agree, say Amen to that. So, if you if only today you will listen to His voice, don't make Him angry by hardening your hearts. See today again, and I'm not trying to make God something He's not. But I tell you right now, there's all this message going around that God is never angry. He never gets mad at us. If you blow it, you know, He's just He's He loves you. He just overshadows you with love. Yeah, oh, yeah. you're living in sin. Oh no, problem. no, God's not that way. There's a righteous anger. Not not that God would hurt you with that righteous anger, but I'm telling you, He discipline you with that righteous anger. And yet, when he disciplines you, it's for your good. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Amen? So I'm just saying, don't don't take this so lightly that God is your buddy. He's your buddy. Yeah. Just like raising our kids. Our kids are not our buddies. My son was not my buddy. My, My daughters are not my buddies. When they need discipline, we discipline them. Amen. We discipline them for, for their own good. And God is that way. He's, the, he, he is, he's your God. Do you, you ever stop and think about that? Does anybody, I, I, I believe, I mean, do you have a reverential fear of God? And stop and think about that. Do you have a reverential fear of God? That, that causes you not to be afraid of him in the sense of fear, but you have such respect for him that uh, above anything else, you want to honor him, obey him. And please him. I believe that you do. Or you should anyway. Amen. So, the same people who were delivered. So don't make him angry by hardening your hearts as you did in the wilderness uh, wilderness rebellion. The same people who were delivered from bondage and brought out of Egypt by Moses were the ones who heard, watch this, and still rebelled. They grieved God for 40 years by sinning in their unbelief until they dropped dead in the desert. So God swore an oath that they would never enter into his calming place of rest, all because they disobeyed him. So it is clear that they could not enter into their inheritance because they wrapped their hearts in unbelief. They wrapped their hearts in unbelief. Think about that. So every day of your life, I want you to stop and think about it. We are destined, all of us, we are destined for an eternal kingdom. How many believe we're we're destined? And we have to journey by faith till we get there. We are living in a a world of enemies. So I want you to understand that. There There is a spiritual atmosphere out there that's gonna do everything it can to stop you from becoming Christ-like. But they can't stop it, as long as you don't allow it. Amen. So your part is to stick close to God, walk with God, read his word, pray, call out to God, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Allow him to be the master of your life, every day. When you get up in the morning, say, Holy Spirit, I, I allow you today, I give you my will, I give you my soul, my mind, my will, emotions. I give you my body. I give you my spirit. Holy Spirit, I give you all that I am. I'm allowing you to master my life today. Lead me as you would. Guess what? He'll respond. He'll respond. And he'll bless you. And he'll strengthen you. And he'll protect you. And he'll provide for you. And he will speak to you. He'll instruct you. Hallelujah. You'll go to hy v, And there'll be somebody in the aisle, praise God. Vicki was just on hy v the other day. Ran into somebody to minister to them. I mean, God will use you for his glory. Isn't that what you want? Amen. Amen. Bow your head. I want to pray for you. Thank you, God. So while we're journeying in this earth, we need to love God, trust God, and serve him with everything that is in us. Amen. That's our call. And if you'll do that, praise God, each and every day, God will have his way in your life. Thank you. Amen. Thank you for joining us online. And uh, I want to remind everyone, I want to pray for everyone here tonight. I want to remind you to send your tithes and offerings to Faith Family Church and uh, continue to seed financially into the kingdom And because uh, the days ahead... Uh, uh, all the uncertainties of this world, God will honor his word and bless your life for your faith and your obedience. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for your word. I thank you, God, for, for ministering to us. I thank you, God, that your word is truth. Can you, give them all, can you all give them praise for that? Father, we give you praise that you used Israel as an example for us, not the mistakes that they made for us to avoid at all costs, God. Father, I want you to know that I don't want to be a stiff-necked believer. I don't want to be a believer, God, that just wants my way. I want your will fulfilled in my heart and life each and every day. If that's you, just begin to give God praise. Father, all of us tonight yield our hearts to you. We want you in these last days to use us for your glory. Father, there's a world of hurting people out there that need love, that need direction, that need instruction. And Father, you live in us, and we're so grateful for that. We house your presence, and we're grateful, Father. So Lord, all of us here tonight, pray that you remind us each and every day that you are living in us, so that we don't grieve you by the words we speak or the way we act or what we do, God, when no one else is looking. God, may we live with such transparency. The God of heaven, our lives and everything about our lives will honor you. Can you lift your hands right now and give him praise? Thank you, God. We worship you. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.